Josh, how are you doing today? Doing well. Great. Josh, I got a question for you. <laughs> What's the question? I assume you have some kind of garbage collection system at your house. Garbage men come and take your trash. Definitely. Would you pay these garbage men to take your trash and then dump it into your backyard? No. I'll say no. You That's my... already you are already ahead of the people in this story. Let's go. I'm the best. Big Time Whoopsies. My name is Eric McAdams, and this is a podcast about incompetence on a grand scale. Each episode, I tell you about a story from history where people make a lot of mistakes or one big mistake. With me today is my friend Josh Brosnan. Say hi, Josh. How's it going, everybody? Pleasure to be here. Yeah, I mean, you say that, but I, I got I got a bummer of a story for you today. I'm excited. I've heard it's about garbage. Yeah, yeah, that's that would be the implication from the uh, cold opening. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was expecting this story to be, like, fun and light and just like, ah, these people are so dumb. But actually, it's really sad. Perfect. Sad and, and sad garbage. That's that's great. That's my favorite things. Yeah, um, it's like, I mean, it's practically this podcast brand, so <laughs> we're just, we are right on the money. Here. Merchandise opportunity t-shirt oh which is a sad yeah, yeah, yeah. garbage it's a little emoji of a garbage bag that looks like a tear going down we could do a whole like emoji set for phones just like frowny faces and like steaming piles of trash yeah it's like it's like oscar the grouch would have been a better guest but i'm like the oscar the grouch light <laughs> well we can't pull oscar the grouch yet maybe one day until yeah. then i've just got it i've just got this rotating series of guests filling in so, do you want to do you want to just dive in? Yeah, let's dive in. I'm ready. All right. Today's story is called the Garbage Mafia. <laughs> <laughs> you like that story? You like that title? I really enjoy the title. <laughs> with the Garbage Mafia, don't mess with us. It is extremely accurate. <laughs> so, Josh, have you ever heard of the Camorra? No, I, I have not. The Camorra are an organized crime family in Italy. They have roots that could go back as far as the 15th century. It's not really clear exactly when they got started because ever since they they first came on the scene, they've had this disorganized leadership structure. Other mafias or organized crime gangs tend to have kind of pyramidal structures. There's like one boss at the top and everyone else below him. And that makes it somewhat easier to take them down because you just, you know, you cut off the head of the snake and then the rest follows. That doesn't work with the Camorra because they, they're more of a loosely connected bunch of street gangs than anything else. They're, the first official notice of them was in the 1820s and they had gained enough power by the 1840s that revolutionaries tried to seek their help when trying to overthrow the government. 
Good, as they should. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I you're going to be part of a gang. You might as well be part of one that helps revolutionize the place. The Camorra are based in Campania, which is a region in southern, southern Italy uh, around the city of Naples. Where in the boot are we talking about? If Italy's the boot, is it like the tippy toe? Do we know? No, no, no. It's not that far down. It's more like the ankle. Okay, the ankle. We're in the ankle. Yeah, we are in the ankle. <laughs> with the garbage mafia. We're in the ankle with the garbage mafia. And it is be- and the Camorra are known mostly for their numbers, which tends to be more than other gangs because there are so many different sections of the Camorra. And also for their violence because of the amount of street killings which tend to also harm civilians that they do. But this is not why Campania, their home turf, is currently known as the Triangle of Death. Why is it known as the Triangle of Death? It's not, it's not because of gun violence or drug smuggling or sex slavery, although those are all things that uh, the Kimura are room, or at least rumored to take part in. It's because of the Naples waste management issue. Of course it is. <laughs> How badly do you have to fuck up your? Am I allowed to curse on this? How badly? You are absolutely fucking allowed to curse on this show. How badly do you have to fuck up your garbage system to get your the geographic region named the Triangle of Death? Yeah, literally, there are there are like four different places that are known as the Triangle of Death in the whole world, and like three of them are called that because of violence, like gun violence. One's in Iraq, one's in Algeria, one's in part of like England, like Manchester, because like I guess people got shot there uh-huh. once. There's a part of Campania that is called the Triangle of Death, specifically the three counties of Acera, Nola, and Marigliano is called the Triangle of Death because of the waste management issues. Beginning in the in the 1980s, industrial corporations start to move into southern Italy. These industries produce a lot of waste that if not treated correctly becomes toxic. These the industries tend to be kind of chemical synthesis or heavy metals or automotive industry. This opportunity gives the Camorra an idea through intimidation and bribery, the Camorra take control of the waste management industry in Campania. This is in the 1980s? This starts in the 1980s. I thought the story was going to be like set in like the 1500s. Nope, this one's a current one, y'all. <laughs> it's like 35 years ago. Okay, perfect. Yeah, no, we should know better. Yeah, but holy shit, did they not? Am I wrong? When was the guy, when did they land on the moon? I feel like after you land, we landed on the moon, you should not have any trash issues. Yep, that was 1969? Yeah, so it, this is 11 years after the moon landing. A part of yeah. Italy got named the Triangle of Death because they don't know how to do garbage. Yes. Got it. Perfect. Here we yes. are. <laughs> The, the region of Campania, t- historically, is known for agriculture and dairy farming. Uh, there's plenty of cattle and sheep, especially in Achera. The Camorra changed this by shipping in waste from not just Campania, but from companies all over Europe, as far away as Germany. They ship in not just, like, household garbage from Campania, but also waste from power plants, automotive factories, chemical plants, 
and even nuclear waste from nuclear power plants. And once they expanded their operation out of Campania in the 90s, they would take this waste and just kind of dump it in any landfill they could find. You you may be wondering, like, why would organized crime bosses do this? Yeah, what was their what was the rationale behind it? Money. It was just really profitable. It's just really profitable because in like normally waste management isn't that profitable in industry because it takes a lot of equipment to properly legally manage waste. Sure. But if you just dump it somewhere, but, it's free. But literally, if this company pays you to take their waste and deal with it, and all you do is just throw it in a landfill, you have almost no overhead. All you have to do is pay for a truck. Yeah, and did they, did they buy the land, or were they just stealing the land, too? The landfill, I believe, was... It was already uh, landfill. It le- was legal. It was, like, a part of the municipality of Campania. Okay. But they started bribing government officials to let them do this. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, still illegal. And then... <laughs> From here, it's so profitable that so many different parts of the Camorra start to get involved in this. By the late 90s and early 2000s, the landfills in Campania start to fill up because of the amount of garbage getting dumped into them. Now, I feel like once your landfill fills up, that would be a logical place to stop. (laughs) Yeah, because once it's full, it's full. You can't... Yeah, you know, like... It just becomes landfill mountain. At that yeah, at that point you just kind of go like, well, that was a good racket. I guess we're I guess we're out of space now. Guess we gotta go back to killing people. Yeah, just back to regular old cocaine smuggling. Not much money in that. <laughs> the Kimura don't do this. What do they do? Instead of dumping things into landfills, they just start dumping things wherever. Perfect. Literally on the side of the road, on farmland, near rivers. What year did they start doing this in? It was the 90s? As er, Yeah, definitely. If we know it's, it was happening in the 90s. It might have started earlier. Because, you know, why bribe a public official to then let you dump in their landfill when you could just dump it on the side of the road? Who's the first guy to figure that out? He's just like, we can just dump it on the side of the road. Just throw it out of the car. And then he's like, <laughs> damn it, Johnson, you're a genius. And they just started throwing it out of their cars. <laughs> Yeah, that noted Italian mafioso, Johnson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, jo- fine, sorry, sorry, sorry. For the viewers, Johnsono. <laughs> Damn it, Johnsono, you're a genius. <laughs> you're going to take this gang to the top, Johnsono. <laughs> yeah. You wait and see. I tell you. Take this empty pasta canister and throw it out the window. <laughs> so. <laughs> but the pasta canister is radioactive. We're going to be millionaires. So they have a few different methods for doing this. There, the, uh, some parts of the Camorra uh, deal in liquid waste. So what they would do is dig kind of eight foot deep trenches about a hundred meters long and then fill the trenches with the liquid waste, which is obviously toxic waste. Yeah. It's like if you're if you're getting liquid waste from some company, odds are it's going to be poisonous. So they would and then they would cover up the trench. So, you know, no one would notice except for the horrible, horrible smell. So like everyone would notice. Yeah. (laughs) Anyone who drove by. Yeah. Who happened to have a nose. But like that could be nobody. Yeah. Fair. If it's on the beautiful countryside (laughs) of Italy. 
Yeah, the Campania countryside does not stay beautiful for very long. Yeah, I bet. They also uh, disguise disguised toxic chemicals as fertilizer and bribe farmers to let them spread it on their crops. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because that'll work great, right? Yeah. Like put making making using poisonous fertilizer on your like peach orchard or whatever. How, how much you have to bribe someone? Well, did the fertilizer still work? No. So how much do you have to bribe someone just to be like, hey, farmer, I'm going to kill all your crops. Perfect. Like, <laughs> I guess you have to pay them just as much as their crops are worth. Well, yeah, maybe at the start, but after a while, farmers get so desperate that they take kind of any deal the mafiosos give, give them. Yeah. After a while, the farmers just kind of start accepting whatever money they can get mm. because... The problem has become so widespread that the farmers' crops are already suffering because not only are is garbage getting dumped on their crops, but also there are these these companies with factories, and these are the same companies paying the Camorra to like just dump their shit wherever. So they obviously don't care too much about the health of the surrounding region. Yeah, yeah. There is a documentary called uh, "Beautiful Country." spelled i guess like an italian wood phoneticized uh it's a documentary from 2007 about this crisis and they interview a couple sheep farmers saying that there was something like four different chemical fires at this one factory nearby that would cause explosions to have like acid sprays go up into the air poisoning the air which would result in chemical in chemical dust settling on crops which would make them almost unusable holy shit so already these land these farmers and landowners are fucked because they're already losing money from the companies and then the Camorra come in and dump toxic fertilizer on their shit. Perfect. The cherry on the cake. Yeah, those are a couple ways that Camorra do, but their most popular method by far for getting rid of the waste is just dumping it on the side of the road and then burning it. A classic. Which try and true. Huge surprise Putting garbage on land, burning it, is bad for not just the soil, but also the air. Yep. Because it poisons the atmosphere, too. There you go. And eventually, people start to catch on that, like, their region is getting poisoned. Mm Mm-hmm. And you would think that would mean that this would stop soon after, but it doesn't. Instead, more of what what seemed to actually happen was that the truck drivers who were working for the Camorra stopped started to refuse started to refuse to dump the waste and burn it because they knew that they were burning toxic materials and could get seriously sick from doing this so the truck drivers refused to do this and again at this point this is where i feel like a logical person would go like well this was a good racket but we got to figure out another way to do this but not the camora the camora start paying children to drive the trucks and burn the garbage because they don't know enough to complain about the conditions. Wow. Yeah. John Sono Jr. Yeah, he's oh, he comes up with a real big idea, does John Sono Jr. So so they're just going up to kids just being like, here's this radioactive garbage. Kids kids aren't driving, are they driving? There's one author implies that they do. I'm not sure they do. In the documentary you see kids saying like yeah, this guy paid me 20 euros to just, like, burn this garbage. So that might be all they're doing. If some guy paid... I'm trying to think. If someone had paid me 20 
euros. Well, first off, I would have been like, what's a euro? But if somebody had paid me <laughs> 20 euros to burn garbage, I probably would have been like, that sounds like really fun. <laughs> <laughs> Burning garbage is like if you, not like it's not dic- taxi- the dictionary definition of fun, yeah. But it's like a simile. Oh, no, no, it's not. It's a synonym. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, it's a related definition yeah. for sure. Yeah. But see, the kids think they're just burning, you know, normal yeah, it's, garbage it's when in fact they're burning stuff like tires and chemicals that aren't supposed to be burned and sent into the atmosphere. Yeah, so it's really, really bad for them. Devastating. Yeah, partially because of how often garbage gets burned and how long this garbage tends to burn. Like, typically, like, there's a guy in the documentary who says... I reported this garbage fire to the police. They didn't do anything. And two days later, I came back and it was still burning. Jeez. That's why uh, the Triangle of Death gets its second nickname, the Land of Fire. Perfect. Yeah. Land of Fire. Jeez, this this is like a tourist commercial for Naples. Yeah, I th- like you have to think about it this way. Like, like your image of Italy is not the land of the garbage fire. Yeah, the Triangle of Death. Yeah, you don't expect this to be in, like, Italia. No, in a few weeks, my parents are going on a biking trip near uh, Tuscany. But so Mm -hmm. I just picture them biking on the side of the road in their little outfits with, like, (laughs) fires and then a little kid running around. Just a hellscape behind them. Being like, garbaggio, garbaggio. (laughs) And just throwing, like, a Molotov cocktail at a bunch of, like, fire and just in the trash. Just, I can picture your parents doing it now. Yeah, I can see them doing it. What a romantic outing. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, that's exactly what they want for their 30th wedding anniversary. What a time to be alive. Perfect. Fuck. So, guess what? There are some problems when you uh, burn a bunch of toxic garbage and then keep doing that. For sure. The consequences are pretty obvious the people in the triangle of death have over the over the next decade or two start to see increased cancer rates their livestock begin to die pretty young um and sickly there there's one part where uh one sheep farmer says our sheep used to grow to 120 130 pounds now they die when they're like 10 pounds wow and obviously you can't sell a poisoned 10 pound lamb to a butcher nope so sheep farmers start to suffer uh there are also buffalo farmers in there's buffalo in italy the part of the documentary says there is multiple sources talk about buffaloes in italy Ital. all right the great italian buffalo we'll sidebar that more than one source talks about Italian buffalo and specifically how the milk was found to have toxic chemicals in it. That's a shame because Italian buffalo milk is the best milk and yeah. also the sponsor of this podcast. <laughs> 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 we milked it. You drink it. Italian buffalo. <laughs> I brush my teeth with buffalo milk. Oh, yeah, yeah that, that's good stuff. Get it in you any way you can. Buffalo milk. Yep. Full of vitamins. All of them. Yep. Specifically Italian buffalo milk. So South Korea and Japan imported some of this milk and noticed these chemicals and so enforced a ban on all milk coming out of this region of Italy. 
which obviously didn't help commerce much. Nope. Uh, so now, not just the sheep farmers, but other farmers are can't sell their dairy products. Crops start to grow up kind of small and sickly. The water becomes undrinkable because a lot of the toxic waste gets dumped either into rivers or next to rivers and contaminates not just river water, but groundwater. And on top of all this, as I said before, the cancer rates spike way up. Jeez. Um, I believe specifically liver cancer. A person uh, in the Triangle of Death is more than twice as likely as a person in the rest of Italy to die of liver cancer. Still? At least at the time of 2007 and wow. 2008, which is when this issue comes to an end. Yep. To, not to an end, sorry. Oh, yeah, I was like, wow, is there a happy ending? No, Aaron Brockovich, not. the Aaron Brockovicho, <laughs> just comes out and saves the day. I don't know if there's been a class action lawsuit. Yeah. You'd think there would be. Yeah, I don't even know if there are class action lawsuits in Italy. I don't know if that's a... I assume there are. I mean, I yeah, I like I don't know the court systems of Italy, and I don't know if there were any class action lawsuits because you can't sue the mob. Yeah, fair. Like that doesn't work. Yeah. The issue comes to a head in 2007 and 2008 because the landfills are so overfull that the municipal workers there refuse to pick up any more garbage at all. Good for them. <laughs> So, because of that, garbage begins to just collect in the streets oh, not good. in these towns in southern Italy, specifically in the streets of Naples, which is why it's known as the Naples Waste Management Issue, because media only grew interested in this story when there was garbage in the streets of Naples. This has been going on for two decades, and media is only getting interested now. Just because it's a big urban center or something? Yeah, just because people are finally, like, noticing it, and yeah, it's not yeah. just happening to some poor people on a farm. Damn. It's really easy to ignore when it's just, like, some sheep farmers losing their livelihood, I guess. Yeah. But when there's garbage in the streets of Naples, something has to be done. And once the media gets interested, this becomes not just a local issue, but a federal issue. And the government of Italy, while they're, you know, doing their endless cavalcade of nonsense... For those who don't know, the Italian government is ridiculous. At this time, I think Silvio Berlusconi was on one of his first runs as president. I don't know. As prime minister, excuse me. How many times Silvio did he Berl run? Silvio Berlusconi was prime minister of Italy four separate times. Not just he ran four separate times. He was prime minister four separate times. And was it like back to back to back to back? No. <laughs> he resigned at least twice, I think. How do you resign, then get the job again? Honestly, I don't know. He kept winning elections. Yeah. He was a he was a known womanizer. He was known for partying and possible connections to the mob. And he was still super popular in Italy because Italians are weird, man. Yeah, but they do make good buffalo milk. Yeah, drink buffalo milk. But... I think I'm not going to go too in-depth on Silvio yeah, Berlusconi. Fair. I might do an episode about him in the future just because he's ridiculous. Anyway, he gets he gets called on to do something about this issue because we can't have garbage in the streets of Naples. What will the tourists think? So what he does is he assigns a guy to 
take control of it and they, you know, send in the army to bulldoze the tons and tons of garbage from the streets of Naples. And it, you know, the issue quiets down for a little while because they clean it up, essentially. They say they're building new incinerators to deal with the garbage, but there are still literally thousands of tons of garbage waiting at temporary sites because no one's done anything with it because these incinerators aren't haven't gotten built yet. So Berlusconi's administration doesn't really help that much, and he only really helps Naples, not the rest of the area. Like he gets he gets the 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 visible problems out of the way so the media will calm down. But that's not the end of the issue, obviously, yeah. because the issue started not in Naples, but in the surrounding areas. Yeah, no one's thinking about John Sono Jr. here. <laughs> that's basically the moral of the story. No one cares about the little John Sonos. No one thinks about John Sono Jr. Also, we're going to take a quick break for an ad here. Like an actual ad, not, not buffalo, buffalo milk. milk. Yeah, not buffalo milk. I know, it's crazy. Do you find yourself unable to watch television? Who has the time? Well, luckily, we do. I'm Liam Sr. I'm Josh Phillips. We host a podcast where we watch old canceled TV for, for you. Musty TV, every Thursday on the Major Cast Network. My father says we're crazy. My mother won't talk to me anymore. So how are we feeling so far, Josh? Feeling good. Yeah? The story's crazy. Is there going to be a happy ending? Is there any sort of ending to this? There is an ending, but it's not a happy one. Perfect. Let's get back into it. Let's do it. So Berlusconi's administration deals with the visible problem in Naples, but he doesn't do much for anywhere else. But that's enough for the media to pretty much quiet down. However, in 2010, after Berlusconi has been... Someone's knocking on my door, Eric. We've got a guest. Hello? Come in. I'm on my friend's (laughs) podcast. We're talking about Italy. What's up? Italy. My little sister says Italy fucking rocks. All right. Oh man, she should listen to this episode. It's all right. She brought me buffalo milk. I don't know. Well, she she's fired. All right. Well, we'll edit you gotta that. stay hydrated. Yeah. Gotta stay in the game. Buffalo milk, a new energy drink. I don't know. You're probably gonna edit that out, right? We'll see. All right. Where were you? What were we talking about? So Berlusconi deals with the visible problem, but after after he's been ousted or resigned or whatever happens, I I can't keep up with that side of this story. <laughs> Maybe I'll do it in a future episode. In 2010, riots erupt in uh, in part in this area of Italy because a new three million metric ton landfill is being constructed, and the citizens in this part of Italy are already worried about the toxic levels of waste in the other landfills. Obviously, Italians don't want more garbage yeah. just sitting on their doorstep leaking into the ground because they don't trust authorities to deal with the waste at, like legally and correctly. Rightly so. Now, this is where you start to realize that even the concerned citizens of Italy aren't great either because essentially the Italian administration keeps trying to come up with new ways to deal with the garbage and Italian citizens keep pushing the agenda of just get rid of our garbage, send it to someone else who can deal with it. Because if there's one thing that defines even like the good guys in this story, they're only really concerned about themselves. Part of what, part of the outrage of the documentary that I watched centers on the fact that I, the tragedy of this region of Italy 
that's getting besmirched by this garbage. And how could they do this to their own land when a lot of the solutions that keep getting pushed forward are we should send the garbage away so someone else can treat it properly instead of learning how to deal with it themselves. Damn. I thought John Sono was better than that. Well, it's understandable because, like, literally they've had to deal with the Kimura for two decades doing this, so they don't trust any kind of waste management. Sure, so it makes sense. They're they're just going to burn it anyways. Yeah, like, they just, they literally think, like, any waste management in this area of Italy is just going to fuck it up and do it badly again. And it probably would. They're, yeah, honestly, they're probably right, because it seems like no matter what the government does, this area of Italy just ends up being controlled by the Camorra. Have they tried to stop the Camorra at any well, point in this? Like I said, it's a really difficult thing to stop because there's no head. There's no top of the pyramid. Yeah, I guess you can't cut, like, it's like a snake. You can't cut the head of the snake off if it's got no head. Yeah, if you stamp down, like, one Camorra gang, like, two more will just come back. Ooh. That's, and I think at some point in the 2000s, there were like a hundred different active Kimura organizations. Wow. With more than like 7,000 members total. I'm not sure if that's accurate, but it's all, it's, they've got a lot of people. Wow. I'm just looking forward to the happy ending. Yeah. Oh, you (laughs) shouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) It's not until literally 2012 that... Italy finally just surrenders and starts sending 50,000 tons of garbage per shipload to the Netherlands so that they can incinerate it properly. They're really good. I've heard that. They're really good at incinerating their trash, right? Yeah, I don't know if you know this, but Italy has the advantage of being in Europe and other Europeans know what they're doing. (laughs) Isn't like some city in the Netherlands or Denmark powered on their garbage? Like, yeah, there are um, a few different incinerator facilities in Europe that also create electricity from the waste burning. Sort of the opposite of this story. Kind of. It's still... Waste is really hard to deal with well. Like, it's still... Even, like, really good waste management, from what I've seen, tends to not eliminate the problem completely. And you've seen some good waste management. I had to research a little bit for this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an expert, really, in waste management. But what they what Italy begins to do is it starts sending 50,000 tons per shipping load That's a to lot. Rotterdam in the Netherlands. And they worked this deal out with a company that manages the incinerator there. I just can't get a... And, and 50,000 tons probably should seem like a lot to you. It seems like a lot. It's a lot of garbage. That's a lot of garbage. It is estimated that over the course of the last two decades, while the Camorra were active, they dumped over 1 million tons of garbage just into the countryside surrounding Naples. Wow. And in the Triangle of Death. So a lot of it's probably still just there. Yeah, a lot of it, and a lot of it not just is just, like, sitting out in the open. There's also, like, towers of garbage in landfills in Italy, even today. Or as recently as, like, a few years ago, there were just, like, hundreds of barrels of liquid waste at some of these companies just sitting there. Wow. 
And yeah. did the Kimura just not live in the areas where they were dumping trash, or did they just not? No, care? they did. They did. <laughs> so they're they're just they screwing themselves right too. There. Yeah. Okay. And one of my favorite moments here, there's an article that talks about a police chief who had wiretapped a Kimura boss, and he talks to one of his men, and his and his guy goes like, "Boss, we're poisoning our own water. What are we going to drink?" And the boss responds with, you idiot, we'll just drink mineral water. Oh my gosh. That's literally their solution. There's uh, there's an author named Roberto Saviano who wrote the book Gomorrah, which was adapted into the movie Gomorrah and then the TV show Gomorrah. And the book and the film both deal with the waste management crisis because they they have a section where... Uh, they have, there's like, it's an episodic film. They have a section where, uh, Kimura boss bribes and intimidates a farmer into letting him dump his garbage there. I don't think, I doubt the TV show deals with the garbage in any way. Yeah. Doesn't really seem like, you know. Good fodder for TV. Yeah, it doesn't really seem like their area. TV isn't really interested in, like, the horrible truths. Yeah, they, you don't see that much on Friends. They're not talking about. Yeah, you'd think, yeah. Where was Ross's opinion about the Naples Waste yeah, Management honestly, issue? honestly, David Sh- Schwimmer's silence on this issue is so loud. Yeah. It reverberates. Really, he's just complicit in all of I'm this. I'm not sure that he's not in the Kimura. I, there's no way to prove that he's not in the Kimura. How else would you explain all of those times where he just Italian buffalo milk dripping down Schwimmer's cheeks? I mean, he practically vomits it in every scene of <laughs> Friends, right? I mean, I I would say so. Probably, it seems right. And there's always that little fire in his, this little corner of his room. Yeah, <laughs> just that ever burning, terrible smelling fire. Yeah, the episode when Rachel comes back and things are getting hot and heavy, but they get too hot and too heavy because he's literally burning <laughs> a block of lead in the corner of the room. And it's like eating through the floor. Yeah, and then Ross just does like a, uh-oh face, and then the laugh track's like, ha 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 And then he says, we were on a break. That's the one joke I know from Friends. Hi, I'm Eric. <laughs> and I know one joke from Friends. Hi, I'm Eric, and I know one joke from Friends. Hire me. <laughs> and so now, now what happens? Now it's just the end. It's just trash town. So that's pretty much the end of the crisis in Italy. But what that incident reveals is that it's not just Italy. Oh, it's all over. Yeah, there are a few articles about how organized crime has started to take advantage of the waste management issue in a lot of different ways in a lot of different places. And specifically what European organized crime realized that they could do is instead of dumping waste in Italy where they lived, they could start dumping waste in Africa where no one would care. Oh yeah. This is, this is the, this is the real downer ending specifically the coast of Somalia a lot of toxic waste has been found that shouldn't be there. Uh, there's, is it there's still the Kimura lot... dumping it? Or is it just... I don't know. I don't think there's been any... Because it's not, like, literally this... Ita- the... It's not the Kimura literally shitting where they eat, so there's it's harder to tell who's doing it. Mm-hmm. In this case, like... And there have been cases where there have been 
reported cases of European organized crime paying African warlords or just villagers to dump garbage in exchange for guns. Oh. Yeah, which is probably not as cost effective as just dumping it on the side of the road where you live, but it yeah, doesn't you... cause as much of an international uproar when you just do it in a third world country. Oh. So they're just taking these big boats full of trash. Yeah. Because you're not bringing this on yeah. an airplane. You're not bringing it on your carry-on. You might drive it. They can get to Africa by driving. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Ooh. Yeah, trash is sad. Yeah, and I just... The, the ending of this story, having, like, Africa as, like, the new dumping ground just reinforces the fact that what Europeans care about is not having garbage where they live. It doesn't really matter to them if some other country has to deal with their waste. They just don't want it in their own streets. Yeah, it's that not in my backyard thing, right? Yep. And it's sad. I asked you first thing if you'd pay a guy to dump garbage in your backyard. But like, pro tip, you shouldn't pay a guy to dump garbage in someone else's backyard either. Yeah. I know it's a crazy concept. It's a crazy idea. Yeah, it's a radical idea. But if you are going to pay him, give him a semi-automatic. Yeah. Uh, or at least that's what they did. Yeah. <laughs> that's not what I that's... would do. That's what they did. So that's the end of the Garbage Mafia. Wow, the Garbage Mafia, uh, less fun than the 3-6 Mafia. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> that's a good review. That's my Yelp. That's my Yelp of the Garbage Mafia. Of the Garbage Mafia. Less fun than 3-6 Mafia. For sure. I do not appreciate this competing Mafia brand. Yeah, and they're really... I feel like the 3-6 Mafia is just like, we recycle. (laughs) So... I'm pretty sure they have a song called that, don't they? Yeah, it's called We Recycle. (laughs) Yeah. So, at the end of each episode, I like to temper the downer story with a not quite as much of a downer story okay perfect that's good uplift me yeah i've just told you a story of incompetence on a grand scale i'm going to tell you a little story about competence on an absurd level sure i'm excited so i because italians don't exactly come out great in this story nope they don't come out looking or smelling Especially not smelling like roses. They're stinky. Yeah, they're who they they don't look so good. So I figured I'd find something cool that Italians did in the past, and I found out that Italians were the first who figured out that they could make dentures, <laughs> which sounds kind of boring, I know, but it's 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 cool for like one pretty specific reason, like. How far back would you say dentures would go in history? I feel like George Washington had, like, wooden teeth. So it's got to be, like... So before that. Yeah, I would guess, like... I'm just going to throw out a number. I'm going to say 500 years, maybe. Maybe more like 300 years. 500 years. Let's say 500 years. 500 years... Before now or before George Washington? That's a good question. Well, I, I feel like... 500 years for, like, solid dentures, but I feel like people were probably putting stuff in their mouth... Because people oh, didn't, yeah. they didn't have teeth. People are filthy. They're always putting stuff in their mouths. 
yeah, yeah. People are putting teeth-like objects in their mouth mm-hmm. for thousands of years. Yeah, so essentially, yeah, the Etruscans in ancient Italy, as far as early as the 7th century BCE, Wow, there are a lot of Etruscan tombs that are pretty well preserved, and they have dentures, which were um, gold wires, teeth were drilled into and then wrapped around uh, the existing teeth so they could kind of fill in the gaps. They're like gold teeth, or they're like teeth? teeth? No, the, the, the gold is for the wiring that, okay. held, that holds it together. They would use either human teeth or I think also animal teeth sometimes. Whoa. Which animal teeth? I don't know. Buffalo. D- <laughs> probably a buffalo. Those good Italian buffaloes. Wow. I'm really going to have to look up whether it's Italy has buffaloes. Because like I didn't register that that was such a weird thing as I was writing this story. But yeah. saying it, I was like, does Italy have buffaloes? It does what? sound weird. It does sound weird. But... But even weirder is this teeth thing. And actually, in the in early Roman law texts, we can find in like the fifth century of BCE, there are like laws about what things you can be buried with, and you weren't supposed to be buried with gold. But an exception was made for gold in your mouth, gold to help made to grills. hold up your dentures. Yeah, not for grills for dentures. But they were sort of like grills because they had gold. I just, that's a crazy competent thing for someone to be, to have thought of in 7th century BCE. Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. I'll give them, I'll give them like a solid B plus for that. Like no culture had figured it like shit about ass by that time. Yeah, they and had these no guys, idea like, to do it with their ass. Also like dental care sucked until like five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You're getting that put in with like no, any sort of anesthesia uh, and honestly like this is probably like better dental work than what would come for like thousands of years after this well you gotta think this is 700 years bc prior to bce right yeah george washington in like the 1700s the dude had wooden teeth is that mm-hmm. true or is that just an urban myth i think that might be an urban myth not to be confused with an urban legend yeah but well, he was also that, but yeah. he was also a man. Wow. All right. Well, hypothetically, some people say his wooden teeth. It's un. It's unsure. Yeah. But this is not just like not everybody just getting golden teeth. They're not just giving them out. This is probably more like an upper class, upper crusty type thing. Oh sure. I mean, a lot of honestly, like I've got these stories about absurd competence. Honestly. A lot of them are going to be for, like, the upper class people because they had the good shit. Yeah, that makes sense. Which kind of sucks, but, like, it's, I mean, it's all I got, man. Yeah, and it's going to be tough to find a story about, like, some, like, peasant farmer. I'll, I'll, there'll be some. Like, there's, like, I think, I mean, it'll make it more impressive if, like, someone with limited resources accomplishes something on this level. But, like, you can't get to the level of the ridiculous without being as dumb as an upper-class person is. Yeah. (laughs) If that makes sense. There are levels of, like, people got so good at cooking or, or like, fashion or whatever only because rich people wanted to look or seem, like, the best. Yeah. Like, all there are all these, like, crazy cooking techniques from, like, a few hundred years ago that only exist because rich people wanted to impress their friends. 
that's a crazy way to think about it but that makes sense i mean it's true that's just the way it is yeah yeah that's like a historical fact boom knowledge dropped all right so thanks for being on my podcast josh thanks for having me on hopefully i'll be back one day yeah 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 i'm gonna have a like a rotating pool of guests i think cool it was awesome i learned a lot i learned a lot about trash you did that was kind of all i talked about i don't want it dumped in my backyard but not in anyone else's either (laughs) josh do you have anything you want to plug before you go any i don't know people can i think they can follow me on twitter i'm josh brosnan two not to be confused with josh brosnan one on twitter uh And I'm doing comedy around the Boston area, but no shows that I'm plugging right now. All right. Check out Josh Brosnan if you're in the Boston area. Check out Josh Brosnan 2 on Twitter. And that's it. Yeah, that's all we got. Bye-bye. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Major Casts Network. Stay fun, stay nasty, and stay major.